3. The Bigger Lie and the Bigger Truth, Part 2, Caveat. The following holistic and heuristic essay contains capitalistic, theological, philosophical, and scientific content that some people, persons, may find unsettling to their beliefs, values, and interests. Listener discretion is strongly advised. <clears throat> Dedication. This episode is dedicated to the homeless, praying that they soon find a house to live in. Executive Summary. The bigger lie is that the takeaway of the Bible is the golden rule. The bigger truth is that the one commandment is the universal principle of knowledge as found in Genesis 1-1-A Aleph. It encompasses all the 613 commandments of the sages, including the Ten Commandments given to Moses at Sinai. <clears throat> the golden rule is the front. The one commandment is the backstory. Let me explain. The one commandment is found studying passages from Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Genesis, Matthew, Luke, and the Babylonian Talmud. The trail starts with Levit Leviticus and leads to Genesis. Quotations supporting the theses are provided from the before-mentioned texts. At the end of the day, it's about saving creation. There is the golden rule of civility, of getting along in peace, as well as the one commandment of civilization, of integrating our broken world. Llevar la fiesta en paz. Preface. Since this is a three-part presentation, perhaps it's convenient to have all the parts up front on our mind. In the quotations throughout, I will doubly use the customary nomenclature from Paradise of S slash DRP to demonstrate our thesis as well as to facilitate its presentation. The three parts episode, episodes of this series rely on the use of the analogy of the four levels of the iceberg. These are first, the tip of the iceberg floating above the ocean in part 1a lie truth. Second, the rest of the iceberg underneath the surface in part 1b, big lie, big truth. Third, the ocean lifting the whole iceberg in part 2, bigger lie, bigger truth. Fourth, the earth is cavity holding the ocean in part 3, biggest lie, biggest truth. Succinctly, iceberg large scape scale. Earth, cavity S, slash, ocean D, iceberg underneath R, tip of iceberg P. Ice cube fishbowl model. Glass S, slash, water D, ice cube underneath R, ice, tip of ice above P. Now, before proceeding to part two of the biggest lie, to part three of the biggest lie and the biggest truth, previously I need to prove in this part two the bigger lie and the bigger truth that the Ha mitzvah, the one commandment just identified to exist, is verily the takeaway of the Bible. That is, that the Paradise app or application is the model needed to make whole our broken world, which is to say, to integrate our civilization or civilization. Essentially, on the one hand, we have that the bigger lie is that there isn't anything creative for humanity to correspond to the manner of creation by the Creator, other than the golden rule in the Gospel and in the Talmud. Whereas, on the other hand, the bigger truth is that there is the universal principle of knowledge in Genesis 1-1-A-Aleph as a paradise app to integrate civilization. The bigger lie is that there is no overarching one commandment. The bigger truth is that the 313 commandments reduce to 10 commandments, which reduce in turn to the one commandment of the takeaway of the Bible. Succinctly, in creative math, it's 613 Give 6 plus 1 plus 3 equals 10. Gives 1 plus 0 equals 1. The necessary and sufficient conditions. 
What are the necessary and sufficient conditions for life? We cannot create life. Just pass it on by doing you know what. So if life is S, then passing it on must originate in paradise, thus derived from existence paradise. The sufficient condition is S, and the necessary uh, S slash, and the necessary condition is PRD. The short version, existence PRD unfolds as life S slash spiritual D, dental, uh, mental R, physical P. What are the necessary and sufficient conditions to be a commandment? To this we will now turn in pursuit of our argument. There are actually three parts, not two. The sufficient, the necessary, plus the and, slash or forward slash. Condition, sufficient, s condition, and, and, forward slash, necessary, PRD condition as paradise. Perhaps explaining it all, explaining it all the while providing an illustrative example from daily experience may be of help. The example chosen is from our broken political world and as parents. On the one hand, the tri-state or three-power state of modernity is in disarray. On the other hand, the triad state or five-power state is orthogonal. The trick is locking in place the opposite sides and not leave them hanging any which way. Then, out of this orthogonality comes out the hypotenuse. Much like mom and dad getting together and out comes a baby. You get the idea. Then this baby, in turn, in companies with other babies, eventually keeps putting out more babies and so on. The Pythagorean case is written with sufficient S condition and forward slash necessary condition PRD as paradise. To distinguish this from the non-orthogonal disarray case, we simply use crossed out terms, as in insufficient crossed out S condition and uh, crossed out forward slash unnecessary crossed out PRD condition as crossed out paradise. Now, to the, to the applications in real life to alleviate our worries and concerns and issues. There are two sources of civilization, at least as far as the West is concerned. I ask apologies from the East and America and Oceania for leaving them out of this simplified picture. These are Greece PRD and Israel S forward slash. Traditionally, Greece, PRD, and Israel S forward have been kept separate as church S slash and state PRD. The only way to join them is with Greece, PRD, founded on Israel S forward slash. This way, the world achieves paradise civilization of postmodernity. Doing the wrong way results in short circuit of explosion in combination with implosion. Done right, locking them in place harnesses infinite potential. Done wrong is the broken world of modernity, and done right is the integrated world of postmodernity. Enlightened modernity sinks creation, all the while paradise postmodernity post saves creation. Summary of Part 1. Lie and Truth, Big Lie and Big Truth. The lie is that the world, S, is broken, uh, cross PRD, because it is a broken world, cross PRD, or cross paradise. The truth is that the world, S, is broken, cross PRD because we break it, not knowing what we're doing. The big lie is that there's nothing said in the Bible to integrate the world. The big truth is that the one commandment exists which tells us how to integrate civilization. The takeaway of the Torah teaching is forward, I mean slash, how we know D, that we know R, what we know P. That is, the teaching of the Bible in the one commandment is paradise common sense.
Summary of Part 2. Bigger Lie, Bigger Truth. The bigger lie is that the commandment of the Bible is the golden rule of civility. The bigger truth is the universal principle of civilization. That is, that the one commandment encompasses the 613 commandments of the sages, including the Ten Commandments given to Moses at Mount Sinai. The search cites passages from Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Genesis, Matthew, Luke, and the Babylonian Talmud. It appears in Genesis 1-1 Aleph and is expressed by way of the acronym Paradise. Briefly, the whole S slash is made up of triad parts, PRD, as Aleph slash Breshit, A slash in beginning off. Summary of Part 3. Biggest Lie, Biggest Truth. The theme of the biggest lie the theme of the biggest lie in the biggest truth addresses messianism. The underlying question in all history is why the world is just as broken before as after revelation of the Torah to, Mount, to Moses at Mount Sinai. In other words, since the universal principle of knowledge on how to integrate civilization in order to save creation is given in Genesis 1, 1 Aleph, how come things remain broken today? We don't want to spoil the narrative about the future of messianism suffice what was just said. Let's then proceed with the narrative of Intermediate Part 2 of The Bigger Lie and the Bigger Truth. Introduction Recall that opinion based on data, P, but lacking principle, D, is not knowledge, R. Therefore, because anything before will be lacking principle, the one commandment cannot be in between the beginning and the end of the Bible. And the Bible Torah teaching is knowledge. It can't be at the end either, because then all the Torah would, would lack principle, just be opinion. So, it must be at the beginning. But what gives support to principle if it is at the beginning? Whatever gives it support must be prior to the beginning. Bear in mind that before sentences there is language, in the sense that sentences are made, made up following the rules set up in grammar and vocabulary. Before language composed of the triad parts of subject S slash verb R and subject adjective P can be out there in the world, there must be thought S inside us. Language, okay, I'm sorry. Before language composed of the triad parts of subject D, D, verb S and object adjective P can, can be out there in the world, there must be thought S inside us. Language as triad PRD at the beginning must be preceded by wholeness of thought as a source slash as source and all derived from paradise. The only candidate which matches the job description is Genesis 1-1-A Aleph. Aleph Bereshit, A in beginning of. This is precisely where the notion of Aleph slash Bereshit comes into the picture of thought S slash language PRD. Solely by combining the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet Aleph A with the first word of creation Bereshit in beginning of, can the condition of the one commandment be met. The creator S slash gives support to creation PRD. All this means, all this means creator Aleph uh, slash creation Bereshit. But these two are separated from each other. This is where we creatures, I mean creatives, creatures, come into the narrative as creatives. We are the forward slash or slash, much like the rim of a coin which connects the flip flip, imaginary and real size of a coin which don't touch to make it a coin or the coin. In other words, creator, creatives, creation. As creator, 
slash creative slash creation ss slash drp. One more point. Let's study the case when we use common sense in an argument. The question remains on what is the common sense used based in turn. It is a never-ending story, much like the rabbit hole of fiction. The Greeks used the, used the term of the reflexive term, used the term of the reflexive self, as in substance, is self-supported, much like walking in empty space. But on what is it supported on Earth? What is the source of gravity? We go back to the same convoluted question. It is, it is in this sense that Greek antiquity is bottomless. It gives it a name, recognizing the problem, but doesn't get to the bottom of it. That is, lacking fo lacks foundation beyond playing tricks with mirrors. There is no escape to the need of the existence of a primeval common sense, the source of all making sense of things in argumentation. This is much like the key to enter a house. The key must be outside the lock on the entrance door, and the chambers of the house inside. Let's then waste no more time looking for the key inside the house to enter it. That is, let's waste no more time looking for the blueprints of the house after its construction. Where is it? The sages of Rabbinism have missed the master key to the whole project by breaking the window or forcing the lock to enter the house. That's why everything's messed up. Another point, iterative, creator slash creative slash creation. This whole S forward uh, a slash triad PRD repeats with a trial triads and so on iteratively, but the S slash stays constant, it doesn't change. Somehow this says that life S is passed on to creatures PRD. Uh, life slash is passed on to creatures PRD once created into diversity of being, but not recreated. It is remade, but not recreated. There is just one act of creation by the creator. The rest is iterative triadity out of the whole. On the golden rule, quote from the Bible, the Gospel, and the Talmud. <clears throat> the golden rule is found in the Torah, in the Gospel, and in the Talmud. The bigger line is that the golden rule is the essence of the Torah, or the Bible. The bigger truth is the one commandment. Since the preferred candidate for the post is the golden rule, I will provide the context of its mention. I will follow a timeline approach for the golden rule starting with Leviticus and ending with the Babylonian Talmud. Likewise, for the one commandment, I will start with Exodus and make my way to Deuteronomy. In the following, a complete picture is presented to properly frame the golden rule in biblical context. Revelation is established by God talking to Moses in Leviticus 19.1. The commandment to be holy is given outright in Leviticus 19.2. For the sake of expediency, I'll cut the verses short and paraphrase where necessary. On the golden rule, Leviticus. Leviticus 19.1 and 18. 1. Spoke yod heh vav -he to Moses, saying. 18. Love s slash your fellow as yourself, PRD. I slash PRD yod heh vav -he. The golden rule serves to summarize specific cases mentioned in verses Leviticus 19.2-17 under a single heading in verse 18, the one just read. Basically, it's saying, respect the rights of others and hope they return the favor. But in all fairness, the golden rule of stability of amicable reciprocity is not quite the same as the universal principle of knowledge of civilization as paradise. On the golden rule, Gospel of Matthew. 
Verses 7 to 11 serve as background. I will solely read verse 7 to give the sense of verses 7 to 11 and close with reading verse 12 for the concluding message of the golden rule. Matthew 7 to, 7 to 12. 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. 12. So, whatever you wish is, slash, that others would do to you, uh, PRD, do, as also to them, PRD, for this is the law and the prophets, paradise. The focus is on verse 12. So, whatever you wish is, that others do to you, PRD, do PRD also to them, S, for this is the law and the prophets, paradise. The focus, uh, okay, the golden rule in verse 12 serves to summarize specific cases in verses 8 to 11 under a heading, respect the others, the rights of others, and hope they return the favor. While the universal may be implicit in the particular, what we need is its explicit expression to integrate our world and to stop relying on mediators between the Creator and we creatives. On the golden rule, Gospel of Luke. Verses 27 to 30 serve as background. I will solely read the first part of verse 27 to give the sense of verses and then verse 31 for the concluding message of the golden rule. Luke 6, 27, 31. 27. But to you who are listening, I say, 31. Do PRD to others, S slash, as you would have them, S slash, do PRD to you. The version of Luke is a paraphrasing of the golden rule of civility already quoted in Matthew. <clears throat> Both these quotations come from the 1st and 2nd century of the Common Era. On the golden rule, Babylonian Talmud. The following comes from the rabbinic tradition around the 5th and 6th centuries Common Era. Only the relevant parts will be read and paraphrased. Shabbat 31a 6. One Gentile came and said, Convert me on condition that you teach me the entire Bible, Torah, while I am standing on one foot. Hillel converted him and said to him, That which is hateful, S, cross S, to you, cross PRD, do not do to another, cross PRDS, that is, that is the entire Torah, paradise, and the rest is interpretation, S slash DRP. Hillel or Rabbi Hillel pronounces the golden rule in the negative, as contrasting with the positive expression found in the Apostles Luke and Matthew. That is, we would have to take the negative of the negative to get the positive version of the golden rule. The golden rule of Hillel refers to the moral teaching of Rav Hillel to a Roman centurion about how to behave with the native subjects. Don't exploit if you don't want to be exploited in turn by the exploited. Previously in the Gospel, it is, it's, it's turned into a moral norm of civility, of doing good over doing evil to promote social harmony. Hidel's golden rule was said to a Roman centurion to be just by placing himself in the shoes of others less fortunate than him. The centurion converted and thereafter relinquished playing the part of the oppressor. The golden rule was a moral precept of civility to this person in power. But it is not a universal principle of knowledge for civilization in general. The Talmud of rabbinic tradition is ancillary to the Torah of Mosaic tradition. Rabbinic folklore pales in comparison to the Torah. 
Revelation S slash is not inspiration D, nor enlightenment R, nor scholarship P, like a dictionary or grammar or encyclopedia. There has to be accountability of religious and secular leadership for their role at the helm in our broken world today. By the way, firstly, the bigger lie of Hillel of the Golden Rule is rabbinical, not biblical. And secondly, it's moral, intellectual, or of practical value. Thirdly, it should be regarding the primacy of knowledge to begin with. The bigger lie is debunked by Deuteronomy 30, 11-14, as we'll see later on. The universal cannot just be a moral precept, an intellectual norm, or a practical ordinance, but inclusive of them all must be its womb source. The golden rule of civility of be good and don't be cruel is not the same as the universal principle of knowledge of civilization of the paradise app of common sense. On being holy from Leviticus. Now, the commandment to us to be holy below uh, later on and the golden rule previously mentioned cannot be the one commandment as we'll have occasion to see below in Leviticus 9, 19, 1 to, 1 to 2, on being holy. Nor what we say previously in Leviticus 19, 1 to 8, 18, on the golden rule. Neither on Deuteronomy 30, 11 to 14, on the commandment, as well as shortly seen below. But these three instances do point us in the right direction to find it. We'll leave the final outcome for part 3, Genesis, Genesis 1 way A, Aleph. Let's then proceed with the theme of the bigger line of the golden rule and the bigger truth of the one commandment. Leviticus 19, 1-2 1. Spoke Yotheb of to Moses, saying, 2. Holy s slash you shall be, PRD, for holy s slash I, PRD, Yotheb of your God, PRD. So then, the above citation, Leviticus 19.2, commands us to be holy as Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh is holy. But what does the command to be holy mean to us, since it is defined in terms of God's holiness, of which we don't know, don't know anything about? All we know is that we are made in the image and likeness of God, and that Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh slash paradise is God as slash omnipotent, the omniscient, or omnipresent P. But this we know is derived from knowing PRD. But how did we get there? That is the question. So this tells us that we are human as slash potent the scient scient or present P. But we're the same, but we're the same as God, but finite, not infinite. It's a start. But actually, we know this from the Greek philosophy, not from the Torah, which doesn't use this type of uh, language. On the one commandment from the Bible. We found out in part one, lie, truth, big lie, big truth, that when the one commandment is used in the singular as Hamizvah, the commandment, it is the universal commandment, not just another commandment out of the 613 commandments of the sages, including the Ten Commandments of Moses. In what follows, at times I will call this universal commandment the commandment or else the one commandment for emphasis. As we will see below, the Hamizvah, the one commandment, when used in the singular, is much like the first of the Ten Commandments as Exodus 22, given at Sinai. It isn't properly speaking a commandment at all, rather more like a statement of principle. Depending on the tradition, there are many ways of ordering the Ten Commandments, which actually are sayings. Devarim, 
I will follow the Talmud in this regard by choosing for the first commandment since it is closer to the original Hebrew. On the one commandment from Exodus, the Ten Commandments are found in Exodus 21 to 14, verses 1 to 14. But since our point is solely to stress the condition of possibility of commandments, suffice to mention the first three verses, 1 to 3, to make our point. Exodus 21 to 3 and 14, omitting verses 4 to 14. Verse 1 God spoke all these words, saying, 2. I am Yotrevavre. I, Yotrevavre, am your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, the house of bondage. 3. You shall have no other gods beside me. In this rendering, the first commandment in Exodus 20, 22 is a statement of fact, not a commandment in the usual sense of do's and don'ts of the rest, Exodus 23 to 14. Yet, verse 2 is the source for the rest of the Ninth Commandments in verses 3 to 14 without having the standard form. This is not another of the positives and negatives, more like zero, but elevated somehow. That is, as transcendence S slash negative D, synthesis zero R, positive P. The point in all this is that not just any commandment can be that one commandment. This is just like the forest. On the one hand, the concept of forest encompasses all the trees, yet on the other hand, the concept of forest is not another tree. If it were, it would be a never-ending story of forest prime and forest prime prime and so on. Now, now that we have covered the material relevant to the golden rule and being holy, we will now transition to cover the mention of the one commandment. This was actually the subject matter of part one, which we already covered. The point is that the one commandment in the singular is different from the commandments in the plural, as well, by the way, as from decrees and ordinances, as we'll see below in Deuteronomy 11.1. So, Hamizvah, the commandment, when used in the singular, is much like the first of the Ten Commandments given at Sinai and quoted above in Exodus 22. It isn't properly speaking a commandment at all, rather more as wording, <clears throat> like a statement of fact and axiom. Depending on the tradition, there are many ways of ordering the Ten Commandments, which actually are sayings. Devarim, I follow the Torah in this regard, since it is the original Hebrew Bible. <clears throat> on the one commandment from Deuteronomy, that it is not just another commandment of the 613 is crystal clear. We need to get it right from the start before proceeding any further. The following is amply covered in Lie, Truth, Big Lie, Big Truth, Part 1. It is mentioned here insofar as Part 2 is the continuation of the previous Part 1. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 11.1 1. 1. Love dialogue with your God and keep its trust, emphasis, its trust, its decrees, its ordinance, and its commandments all these days. Its trust, quote, is the name given to the one commandment, the universal commandment. It is distinguished from the decrees, ordinances, and from the commandments themselves, and is placed in a separate category. This is precisely what gives the takeaway the Bible its holy character. On the one commandment from Deuteronomy. <clears throat> In this particular case, I will make an exception and read the whole array of verses to convey the powerful message which is central to our thesis statement of the existential one commandment of the universal principle of knowledge 
of civilization, of integrating civilization. No mention whatsoever is made of the golden rule of civility. Herein, as usual, I will employ the component categories S slash DRP of the Paradise Acronym Nomenclature to both prove the thesis as well as help in the explaining of the argument. Okay, so Deuteronomy 30 uh, verses 11 to 14. Uh, verse 11, S. Surely this commandment S who shall enjoin upon you this day is not too baffling D. It is for you are nor is it beyond reach P. Verse 12, D. It is not in the heavens that he should say, Who among us can go up to the heavens and get it for us, and impart it to us that we may observe it? Verse 13, P. Neither is it beyond the sea that you would say, Who among us can cross to the other side of the sea and get it for us, and impart it to us that we may observe it? For, verse 14, R. Rather, the thing is slash is very close to you, in your mouth, RR, and in your heart, DR, to observe it, PR. Verse 15, Paradise. See, I said before you this day, life, S slash, and prosperity, PRD, death, death, crossed out S, and adversity, crossed out PRD. <clears throat> Thus, the one universal commandment is spelled out, giving, giving its username and password, as it were. Please allow me to repeat the above verses in order to stress the crux of the point. That is, in the opening, as surely this commandment S slash, which I enjoin upon you this day, it is not too baffling D, nor is it, it is for you are, nor is it beyond reach P. Also in the closing as, quote, rather the thing S slash is very close to you, in your mouth RR and in your heart DR, to observe it PR. The challenge posed back in Leviticus 19, 1-2 uh, was what it meant to be holy, and the clues are now given in Deuteronomy 30, 11, 14, above. We simply follow instructions and arrive at the answer in Genesis 1, 1, Aleph, and part 3. It says it's close to you, or to us, so we follow the leads to the jackpot, and bingo, find, found it at Genesis 1, 1, Aleph. Briefly, the paradise placeholders as expressed in Deuteronomy 30, 11, 14 are commandment S slash heavens D, mouth, heart, R, C's, P. On the diamond right law from Deuteronomy. Now it's time to wrap things up in one neat bundle. Just like there's the golden rule of civility and the one commandment of integrating civilization, these two are actually packaged in a common source. It is called the diamond law insofar as right it's above the one commandment, and as diamond, it's above the golden rule. <clears throat> of course, regarding the golden rule of civility, it's preferable to be kind than to be bully. And regarding the one commandment of civilization, it's preferable to integrate than to keep it than to keep breaking dishes. But where do these two originate? From where else than from loving God? This is found in the Shema Israel in Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 to 9, more specifically in verses 4 and five, wherein the former serves as background and the latter state the principle outright in no uncertain terms. The first verse is covered in another essay. Herein, we'll concentrate on verse five, where it is directly relevant. Deuteronomy 6, verses four to five. Four, verse four. Here, O Israel, yod is our God, yod is one. Verse six. 
You shall love dialogue with your Hebrew of your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Okay, with all your God, as is, with all your heart, D, with all your souls, R, and with all your might, P. It is straightforward and quite unnecessary to dwell on it much longer. The creation story mentioned that we're made up in the image and likeness of God. By ourselves, by ourselves is meant those of our own image and likeness, which is none other than each other. From this follow that loving God is loving ourselves accordingly in civility at the individual level and in civilization at the societal sphere. Recall that there are 613 commandments of which 365 are positive and 248 are negative. I mention this because we find the golden rule expressed positively in the Gospels as do and negatively in the Talmud as don'ts or negatives. By doing the math, but doing the math by adding the positives and the negatives, we arrive at 1. <clears throat> As 365 plus 245 gives 613, is equals 613 gives 6 plus 1 plus 3 equals 10 gives 1 plus 0 equals 1. <clears throat> this tells us that at the end of the day, there is the golden rule of civility as well as the one commandment of civilization. Must I say more? <clears throat> Conclusion. The key is found in engaging with Deuteronomy 30 uh, verses 11 to 14, wherein it's telling us that the commandment is not far from us, S forward slash, to observe it, but rather is very close to us, P, in our mouth R and in our heart D. It is found in Genesis 1 and 1 Aleph and is the one universal commandment of common sense of paradise. This is covered in my books at Amazon, videos at YouTube, and now on podcast platforms. <clears throat> Please check the references. Specifically, regarding the Hertz footnote on Deuteronomy 30, 11, 14, he says that the commandment refers to the, refers to the collective sense, meaning all the laws in Deuteronomy. The problem with this uh, focus is that 613 commandments are close to impossible to even know, much less to remember. Even the Ten Commandments given to Moses are not at the tip of the tongue. It must be one, single yet complex as can be in order to be universal, like in math. The simplest is zero and the most, comp the most complex is infinity. And they're related as one divided by zero is equivalent to infinity. One over zero is equivalent to infinity. Same thing. Is it hard to miss it? Hardly. Yet it was missed. But why? I'm referring to the to the <clears throat> takeaway. But why? Because of religious and secular authorities telling us otherwise, as Hertz and JPS in their footnotes. The one commandment is simply common sense paradise. The mitzvah commandment mentioned throughout the Torah is simply the one universal commandment of common sense of paradise. The fact that it was missed is not about a one-off, a human mistake of clicking on the wrong key, but rather reflects a deep oversight or deliberate omission. On the, parts, on the part of the ones in charge. The governor rule is a rule for ruling, a rightful government of its subjects by the ruler. The golden rule of civility is the gimmick of rabbinic and ecclesiastic and secular religious authorities to provide a palliative and at the same time assure their indispensability till kingdom come. The translator hold the power of interpreting the Bible, acting pretty much as judge and jury contrary to the precepts of justice. It is not surprising that the translation suits their interests <clears throat> of remaining in power, <clears throat> in authority, 
Acting censors, they sanitize the text from translations which don't serve their best interests. The golden rule of Hillel refers to the moral teachings of Rav Hillel to a Roman centurion about how to behave with the native subjects. Don't exploit if you don't want to be exploited in turn by the exploited. Previously in the gospel, it turned into a moral norm of civility, of doing good over doing evil to promote social harmony. <clears throat> From the creation story <clears throat> in Genesis, we know that we as creatives were made in the image and likeness of the Creator. That the Creator somehow consulted with us when making us, then went ahead and created humanity us. So we have sort of God built in us from even before the beginning. This means that our duty of integrating civilization is the same as saving creation. The big lie of the preeminence of the golden rule is hiding the commandment. The big truth is distinguishing the universal commandment from the generic, the collective, and the specific commandments. The bigger lie is claiming that the takeaway of the Bible lies in the golden rule, that is, on the one hand, on the Gospels of the golden rule positively expressed, and on the other hand, in the Talmud, with Hirel standing on one foot negatively expressed. The bigger truth is identifying the one commandment in the Torah. But what does it all mean and what does it imply in our times? <clears throat> that is the subject of third and concluding part three of the series. But ultimately, the Ve'ahavta of love your God would have precedence and be the source of human love. In any case, the golden rule, or in, in conclusion, the golden rule of civility is necessary for human survival, but the one commandment of the universal principle of knowledge is the sufficient condition for civilization. <clears throat> Thank you.